Hello, I'm Luca De Giglio, and this is the Web3 in Travel podcast, where you can learn about crypto, blockchain, and how the new internet will change travel. The last couple of months in crypto have been brutal. We have seen the crash of the market, which itself is not something we couldn't predict. We knew, right, there was going to be an end to the bull run. The end arrived. But as the other times, the other times the bull run ended, we have seen also the falling down of uh, several schemes, which could stay on, could stay alive only because there was a bull run. So, in other words, if numbers go up, if everything grows, even scammy or not efficient systems can keep going. But then when the prices go down, we see who was swimming naked. And this time, as the, the crypto economy was bigger than the previous cycle, the, the crashes were bigger. We've seen Terra Luna crash into zero. It was, I think, like $40 billion and gone, gone away, uh, completely burned. We saw uh, the Three Arrows capital disappear, many, many, many others. So it's been brutal in the sense there's been so many this time and of really big, big dimensions. And as I was saying, this is not new. This happens at the end of every cycle. Last cycle, it was BitConnect. The cycle before, it was one coin, which actually wasn't even related to anything in crypto, but uh, still, it, it was pretty big, a few billion dollars. But this time was more painful because more people were involved. Crypto is more mainstream, so more people come into it, so more people got hurt. Now, what can we learn from the travel point of view about what happened? I think we can start playing with the idea of uh, crypto scams in, in travel. They will come and they will, they will be very big. So before we, we try to imagine what kind of crypto scams are going to appear, let's think about, let's look at what happened actually. So uh, one interesting thing would happen is that the, the biggest crashes here were not completely decentralized. Um, in particular, Triaro Capital and a couple of more companies which kind of connected to it collapsed. They were simply centralized financial companies dealing with um, digital assets. A bit like OpenSea is a centralized company which deals with the digital assets, in this case, NFTs. And most of those companies were really centralized. Even Terra Luna was in a way centralized. So an algorithm stablecoin, by definition, is the least, the least centralized thing in the world. But then they were backing it up with Bitcoin manually, which makes it really centralized. And when stuff is centralized and goes kind of off-chain, you don't really know what happens with the money and who's dealing with whom, etc. Cetera, et cetera. So you go back to the kind of Wall Street scenario in which you don't have visibility on what's happening to the money. While DeFi, DeFi resisted very well. The really decentralized protocols had no issue because, for instance, even, again, Triaro Capital 
which didn't pay back loans to anyone, it paid back the loans to DeFi protocols. Why? Well, because they had a collateral which was higher than debt. So if they didn't pay the debt, they would lose even more money. So DeFi worked very well. CeFi slash ThreadFi failed spectacularly. So in the long term, we may remember as uh, this crash as the time we started to understand that quality protocols are safer than quality or pretended quality centralized companies. Protocols are set in stone. Whatever they say they do, they will do. It's immutable rules. It's immutable software. Centralized companies are run by people and, well, they can do what they want. And then the law will catch them or not. So they can still, you know, take some, some extra risks. Um, they, they are emotional. They, they get greedy, et cetera, et cetera. So 2022, the big crash of 2022, maybe will teach us that protocols are superior to companies in some cases. And there's a big lesson in why decentralization matters here. Part of the reason this happened, and even people who are knowledgeable about crypto got caught into it, is because we still tend to trust more uh, big companies with a lot of money rather than protocols, right? Again, three arrows capital was revered in crypto. They were considered as the best traders. And um, so people lent money to them because they, they could give back uh, good interest. And so everybody trusted those guys. And after the crash, we realized they were just LARPing. You know, they were just pretending they were not good at all. And having been in crypto so long, for me, it was like seeing these new names appear out of nowhere and becoming semi semi-gods, basically. I mean, they were on every podcast and they sounded very clever and I, I didn't know where they came from. I, I suppose they were just super traders and business people. They came out of nowhere and became very big very quickly. And now they're gone, as many others have gone before them. And crypto seems to do this to people who do not understand decentralization, people who still play by the old rules. They come into this market and they see opportunity because there is opportunity and they find ways basically to get their hands on the money and make a lot of it. And then they start thinking they are geniuses and they stop actually acting rationally. And that's uh, a tale as old as, as men, I suppose. So how, how will we see this play out in travel? Well, okay, first of all, you personally, how are you going to protect yourself from that? Well, the first thing is by understanding the basics, understanding what is decentralization, how to look at a project and understand its level of decentralization. And that's a harder thing to teach. Do not trust people just because they are successful. Especially in crypto, that doesn't mean anything. Anybody can be successful simply by buying a token early on or being a good trader and having enough capital to accumulate during the bear market and then go out and sell this street creed and, and raise more money and, and bet on this money. 
it's not that hard, or at least being a successful person, being a person who has money in crypto is not a sign of uh, integrity or, or even capabilities. That You just need to be a good trader, basically, and have access to capital or being the right, in the right networks and knowing what's going on before the others do, et cetera, et cetera. So um, when crypto, when Web3 comes to travel, beware of everyone. Don't trust anyone by default. I know this is really hard to say because if a big name in travel comes out and says, you know, somebody who's really big in travel and comes out and says, now we have a Web3 strategy and everyone will at the end have a Web3 strategy. They come out and say, buy our token because we are the best in travel and we are going to transition to Web3. Do not trust them. That's not enough. What we will see and what we've seen already is like big names from the travel industry get together and maybe do a fundraise through a token or NFTs. Okay. Well, the fact that they were or they are successful in travel, of course, it's, a, it's important. But it is in no way guaranteed that they're going to be successful in the Web3 iteration of travel, which is completely different, right? The same thing happens when a few young kids come in, they, they, they did something big in another Web3 enterprise, and they say, now we're going to attract travel, attack travel, and so, you know, buy our token. Same. Always start from the fold of, like, prove me you can actually do that. And most of them will not be able to do it because, you know, the chances to actually get the product market fit the first time are really, really low. Then there's the classic, if it's too good to be true, it's probably not true, which is hard to follow in crypto because really often it's too good to be true and actually it is true uh, because in this phase of, 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 the, of crypto, money moves in funny ways. Um, but for instance, the Terra Luna proposal was a bit weird in retrospect because they were offering 20% a year fixed interest on their stablecoin. So the promise was a stablecoin, which means, you know, no volatility is always worth a dollar plus 20% every year, which is a lot. But it's not really a lot in crypto. There are other protocols which actually are paying maybe not that high, but maybe 15, 17 is not unheard of. Um, for, for a long time. Why? Well, because there's a lot of demand for, for lending because people are ready to pay 20-30% per year to lend some tokens. Because on the other side, they are hoping to make 10x, right? So who cares if it's 2%, 5 or 10 So it wasn't too good to be true. It was a stable coin. It, it seemed something like safe and then, and then it wasn't. Now, does it mean that nobody saw this coming? No, there were many people actually saying this is going to crash, okay? Every single stable um, algorithmic stablecoin has failed before, and that was supposed to be the exception. So when you find yourself in this kind of uh, investments, try to, keep, try to keep listening people who talk against your bags because they may save your money. Many people have been saved by, by the naysayers, but people who actually were saying, Guys, get out of Terra, it's going to crash. Many listened and saved their money. Many didn't and lost their money. This is going to happen in travel too. Uh, we're going to have these incredibly shiny projects 
where, you know, like saying that they are not going to be successful is going to be seen as a taboo, basically. Plus, you're going to have all the people who bought the tokens who are going to defend them, so the classic army, uh, because they're going to defend the value of the token. So it's really easy to fall into these cults, and it's really hard to go against them. And you don't need to go against them, but you need to listen also to the other side. So what kind of scams will we see? Of course, it's hard to answer to this question, but let's, let's try. Let's see. If I was a scammer uh, in travel and I knew about crypto, I knew how to do, you know, create tokens. Actually, I know how to create tokens, NFTs and stuff. How would I, how would I make money? Uh, basically, okay, scams are not always people sitting around the table and say, how are we going to scam? people out of the money. Uh, these are people who are sitting around a table saying, okay, let's think about a good project for travel, but let's focus on the money, even if it's not explicit. Let's, let's raise all the money. That, that's the end goal. Then after we raise all the money, well, then we're going to build the thing, right? But you see that if the focus is on raising money, they're going to be good at raising money. Who knows if they're going to be good to actually build the product. So what would they do? Again, I would probably try to collect a dream team of really experienced people in travel and, and make um, a, a token sale, basically launch a token and sell it. And all my marketing materials focused in selling the token would be perfect. I'm always a bit suspicious when the, the project is raising money uh, and is perfectly you know, you can see that they are very good at raising the money, very good with the marketing, with their videos, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. When they're too good, uh, that's a red flag for me. Of course, it's not a proof, but it is a red flag. Uh, if you are, we we understand that we are in the infrastructure phase still. Uh, we are still trying to build the first things which work. Uh, you need to be product people. You need to be mostly developers. And developers are not good in that, in, in marketing. And even if developers get, you know, together with marketers and, you know, you have good developers on one side and good marketing on the other side, then that's fine, of course. But if you decide to buy this token, make sure that the developers are there, look at who they are, what they did, and try to see how much material they are produced in terms of development, like what they're going to actually build and how much material has been built, has been created for marketing for selling the token. Now, if uh, this theoretical team comes out and does the token sale and there's a lot of interest, a lot, like everybody wants to get in, they convinced everybody in trouble, it's the next big thing, I wouldn't buy the token. Because if everybody's there, the token price would be probably too expensive anyway. So because they're going to say, oh, look, there's so much interest. How much are we going to sell the token? I don't know, a dollar for a very high valuation. And you know already, you don't have to look at the price of the token. You have to look at the valuation, at the fully diluted valuation. Right? So all the tokens which exist and will exist, multiplied by the price of the token. If it gives you something around the same valuation of Airbnb, forget it. It doesn't make any sense, right? But yeah, so if the valuation is too high and but the project has, has promised, you just you know wait. The, the price probably will crash after a while. And then six months later, a year later, two years later, you see what they're actually doing, and then you can buy the token. 
you can see if the attraction, right? So this first case is not really a scam, but you know it's borderline. Oh, one thing I forgot, the the big influencer thing. Like uh, there was a, actually I invested in this NFT marketplace back in the day, where there was this uh, super influencer, Mr. Beast, that never heard of him, but it looks like he's one one of the biggest YouTuber in the world, and both the token sale and the product were completely, you know, uh, hopeless, basically. So the fact that there's a big name ready to burn his name or her name doesn't really help because they're not able to judge neither. Crypto's history is full of celebrities who endorse a project and have no idea what they're doing. No idea. They probably see there's a lot of money and they just do it. So celebrities... uh, is in most of the times is like a red flag too okay then of course on the other hand you have like people like paris hilton who is advising uh, origin protocol and that's a completely different thing it turns out paris hilton knows about nfts and is being in the, in the space for for a long time but you know she's the exception and she's uh, advising not not even advertising origin protocol which is a, a project with you know a certain pedigree and and these are people who have done a lot in the past anyway but that's the exception so anytime you see a big celebrity just stay out of it that would be my suggestion on the other end of the spectrum there's the outright scam which is simply people collecting money so selling tokens or nfts and then completely disappearing this was the story of 2017, and it's been the story this time too. Many of them just, you know, they give up on the project. They don't believe the project can, can work. It's like, like a startup which collects money from an incubator, tries to find product market fit, doesn't find it, and, and gives up. Uh, only that this time you are the investor. Another category of scams, a really subtle one, you have to be careful with these ones, are the smart contract scams. Let me tell you about something I actually found out today. I was looking for an app uh, which allows me to send tokens to several addresses uh, in one go, right? I have 10 addresses or 100 addresses, and I don't want to do 100 transactions by hand. Um, there's several apps like this um, since, you know, I think the first one was made already five years ago. And I found one which was cheaper than the others. It costed like half of it. Actually, these apps are expensive for some reason. But anyway, it was cheaper and it looked really nice. And I was wondering, you know, why? So to do that, I look for the pricing and the pricing wasn't clear, actually, it, it wasn't even written, so that it just said there's a good price. And then I went through, I tried to send some tokens, okay? Listen carefully here, because this is how you find scams on the smart contract level. So what I did, I put five addresses, and I said, send one cent of a dollar each, okay? So it was $0.05 in total. That was a test. And so you have to imagine uh, a screen with, these addresses and, and the address, comma, 0.01, the other address, a new row, comma, 001, etc. Then I click and it says, okay, uh, approve the transaction. And the approve is approve the token. If you ever used a, a wallet, you know that if you're sending or kind of using a token instead of the Ethereum, in Ethereum, 
blockchain, matting in Polygon, instead of the gas token, the native token, you are using an ERC-20, you have to approve it, which means your wallet says that says to the token contract, okay, okay, give right to the smart contract, the one of the app you're using, to move, in this case, it was supposed to be $0.50. I was using DAI, doesn't matter. So let me repeat that. This is really important knowledge for, for when you go there out in the wild. Every time you see MetaMask asking you for approval, let's say you want to send the USDC token. It's an ERC-20. It's a token, right? And let's say that in my example, it was 0.05 USDC. So I had to sign a transaction which instructed the USDC contract. So it's like the bank which issued USDC that I was agreeing that the app contract, so this disperse uh, multi-send app, right? had the right to take 0.05 USDC from my wallet. So this approval sometimes is infinite. Some apps do like this. They say, look, instead of asking you every time, give me infinite approval. So I can take all the USDC you have in your wallet forever. And you should never do that for obvious reasons. Because, I mean, nothing is obvious, I understand. But you shouldn't do that because this app may have some bug or could be hacked or whatever so it could take your money anyway when i clicked that i was expecting to see 0 .50, uh, 0.05 so five cents and instead i've seen ten dollars so the app was asking me to approve ten dollars and i wondered why ten dollars so i rejected the transaction i went into the smart contract on i think it was polygon so polygon scan and I looked at the previous transactions this app did. And sure enough, they were actually paying, um, okay, I'm sorry, it was in dollars, it was Matic. So they were charging about 10 Matic, which is about $10 anyway, for every time people use the app, right? So what happened is that the user will think they're going to spend no fees, only 0 0.05 plus the gas fees, okay, plus the Matic, which is nothing. But actually, they were paying $10, more or less. But this was written nowhere in the interface, in the app. It was only apparent when you looked at the transactions you were signing. So be always careful when you sign transactions of approval because they could be either infinite or hide some expenses uh, which were not explicit. So that would be the scam of um, smart contract uh, stealing fund scam. And in travel, oh my God, we could do an industry just out of this, right? Let's say that uh, somebody builds a, a booking um, protocol where you can use to, to make payments, okay? So you use it in your direct booking website and... Uh, customer pays $100 or let's say $500 for your booking, you are supposed to get $500 and it turns out you get $400 or $5,490, doesn't matter. So you get less than what you paid and a part of this money goes to the contract. Will they send you nothing? Probably not because in that case, it will be easy to spot them. But maybe they're going to play with smaller amounts, right? Or maybe even better, um, I'm trying to put myself in the scammer position, I would charge the guest because the guest sends $500, 
$500 are, is the money sent and the money received by the, the accommodation provider, but the guest may not realize actually that he or she spent 510 or 600 or whatever. And this is just a soft scam, like a bit of money is taken out without making it explicit. The big scams are when you actually use these contracts and they, they contain malicious code and, and worse stuff which can take completely drain your, your wallet. So you basically never use a smart contract, you never interact with, a, with an app in a smart contract unless you know it's safe. Um, so you either learn to, to read the code or you know that it's safe because somebody told you, somebody you trust told you it's safe, it's been around for a long time, etc., etc. Uh, interacting with a new unknown smart contract is is really dangerous. And in travel, we will see all the time new smart contracts. So you won't be the first to try it, um, even if it's from a reputable project or team, because there could be bugs, right? Never be the first to try it, uh, unless you want to try it in a testnet, so you're playing with fake money, fine. Uh, always look for social proof. So look around, look for this project plus scam on on a search engine, and be very careful in, in general. Because while we are thinking of ways to provide open protocols for the travel industry, which make life easier for everybody and have ownership of their asset, etc., somebody else is just waiting for these protocols to become successful so that people get used to them, fork them, in a few hours and say ours is better and it's cheaper because as you remember this is always open source code so anybody can look at the code which is which makes it much safer but everybody anybody can copy it and make their own version which is forking right so and this makes it very easy to create a scam you don't have to build an airbnb alternative a scammy on an airbnb alternative you just get the code which exists out there change a few things launch a new interface and say, well, our, our version is better, it does something extra, or it's cheaper. This is a few hours of work. It makes uh, becoming a scammer potentially very rewarding because the effort of forking is really low, while the, the upside can be really high if you reach, if you reach enough people. So I don't think that any amount of education I can do or other people can do will protect people, people will get hurt, and after they get hurt, they're going to be more careful, you know, they're gonna touch the fire, understand that the fire burns, and unfortunately, we're going to have to go through this. Hopefully, the travel industry comes a bit later than other industries, and people get burned in other industries first, like people get burned with the NFTs, and by the time they come to travel, they're ready, they know what, you know, how to behave, and they're more careful. Let's see. So I'm a scammer. I want to I want to scam people in travel. Well, another easy way is to and this is crazy. This is crazy because I can't understand how Google or and YouTube can can uh, allow these kind of things to happen. So OpenSea.io is a website everybody knows, right? Often people look for it. You know, we don't remember exactly if it's .io or whatever. They go Google. They write OpenSea, and often. The first advertised, the first advertised website is a fake website, where maybe the E of the Open C is an is accent, is a, it's got an accent, right? So it's a different domain. You click on it. Google makes money because you click on it. You 
see a website which is exactly the same. Maybe you see an NFT you want to buy. Maybe there's an offer. Maybe they say, you know, airdrop and claim some tokens, whatever. You interact with the smart contract and you lose everything. And the crazy part is that Google allows for scammy websites to advertise um, for a long time, for months. Okay, and the same thing happens in YouTube. You see these videos completely ripped off with you know, Vitalik Buterin talking and saying, send to this address. No, he's not saying, it's written in text. Send to this address one eat, and you're going to get two back and stuff like this. So this thing, these things happen, and I don't know why Web2 platforms are not fighting them harder. Maybe it's in their own interest. I don't know. Be careful. Even Google can be, can be dangerous in, the, in crypto. Other scams would be more like social, social scams uh, in the sense that they get to you not through code, but through, uh, well, messages, basically. One which almost got me a few weeks ago, and after that became viral. So I'm getting many others uh, like this. That was very clever. Okay, so somebody writes me in Discord. Uh, Trips community has a Discord server. And this guy writes to me, and it's, sorry, Discord server has about 8,000 people, so it's pretty big. Um, but lately, it's been slowing down a lot, so there's not much traffic. There's not many people reading anymore after the crash, right? Most people left crypto, so it's pretty, it's pretty lonely there. There's just the, 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 the few people who are, who are in for the long term, so it's bad. It's not, lonely is the wrong word. It's actually preferred when it's like this because it's more interesting and people are, are more um, in for the, for the good reasons. Uh, but still, it's a, big, it's a big Discord channel. So you could expect somebody to want to advertise there. So somebody writes me a DM. So DM on Discord, um, DM is like direct message, private message. DM on Discords are, are toxic. It, don't even open them. Uh, if you want to be safe. So anyway, Eve writes to me. It says, look, I want to advertise on your Discord channel for a thousand dollars. I say, oh, okay. Uh, first, I say, look, we don't do advertisement as whatever, but you know, then I think maybe I can get a thousand dollars and give it to the nosy safe for the liquidity provider, so that there's a, a safe dedicated for liquidity providers and it's completely managed by uh, users in Discord, people from Trips. Most of them I don't know them, so I really like the fact that it's completely decentralized and they have. They're managing a few thousand dollars or something like that. So maybe I can give it to them so they have a bit more money to, to keep the liquidity pool in good shape. So I say, okay, um, what is your server about? And he sends me a server and he's got a few thousand um, subscribers and it looks legit, right? I say, okay, uh, how is it going to work? Well, he says, send me please uh, a bit more statistics about your, uh, your, your Discord server. You know, I want to see, you know, how many people write, etc. So I just, you know, screenshot a few of those statistics. They are not secret for me. So I, I send him some screenshots and he says, okay, nice. But, you know, I need to know this is true. Why don't you use a bot? And there are several bots for statistics. And I say, okay, can you suggest me a bot? And he suggests me a bot. And this bot has its own domain name. Okay. And I go to the domain name. It looks like your classic... Um, Discord bot, and he asks me to connect the bot to Discord. And usually the way it works is that you are in the bot website, you click a button, it sends you to Discord, and you give your approval in Discord. A bit like Google authentication and stuff like this, right? But this website asks me for login and password straight in the domain name. 
and I pulled it. You know, you're not always super careful. Sometimes you're just doing things quickly. This was not an important thing for me. And then the moment I did it, I said, what the hell did I just do? So I went to change the, the password of the of the of my account in Discord. And, and so they couldn't get my admin credentials. Because if they got my admin credentials, they would have gone on my name in the server and probably say something like, send me some money here, or this is an airdrop, and whatever. Once they can pretend to be me, they, 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 they're going to use my credibility, it's going to be very easy to scam people, right? And after that, I started getting many of them, because this is a very efficient way to scam people. I'm sure they're scamming many of them. So in travel, we see the same thing. We see um, these things happen in Telegram too, of course. We will see many... DM um, many messages trying to, you know, impersonating other people and trying to have you uh, share some information, which is usually access to an account or even worse, your seed phrase. About the seed phrase, something similar happened to me long, long time ago when I couldn't get into my Solana wallet. I, I asked for uh, some help and somebody DM'd me pretending to be a Solana member so that like you know customer service member and then they ended up asking me my seed phrase and i say okay this is of course a scam uh, in twitter if you write the word metamask you have all these bot bots trying to uh, send you like uh, a private message at the end and and they're all scamming so these things will happen in in travel too but i'm sure the travel being travel um being a different environment, they're going to have more attack vectors, more ideas, right? And travel is low-tech, a bit like NFT artists are low-tech and they're losing over their very expensive NFTs easily because they are not high-tech, so they are easier victims. And I imagine your average Airbnb host uh, a perfect victim. So, yeah, so even when we develop these things, we have to think about it. Uh, one thing I, I do is actually not encourage people to jump into crypto unless they, they go through a certain you know process. And I'm not going to be the person who brings you into crypto and then a few months later you lost all your money. I'm not going to be the person who tells you to buy a certain token and then after it went up 10x, uh, you buy more and it, went, it goes down to 1% and you lost all your money, even if you went through uh, 10x. So um, our role here is to build something people can use, but the right people, the people who actually can deal with this level of complexity and danger in this historical phase of, of Web3. Later on, it's going to be easier. But when we develop the systems, we also have to think of the attack vectors, right? Let's see an example. So let, let's say that NFTs bookings become a thing, as I think they will, right? So people will mint an NFT or purchase an NFT, which represents a week in a certain hotel. And, and then they have to prove the fact that they are the owners of the, uh, these NFTs. They, they go to the hotel, they somehow prove the, the ownership, and it goes well. But maybe somebody writes to them and says, I'm from this hotel. Uh, I need to prove, um, we need to do a process in which you prove the ownership of the NFT. Please click this link and puff your money is gone, is gone, right? So when we think about the systems, we have also to think how people will be attacked. And that's what makes it hard. 
more than hard, impossible. How many times people have said and have heard, never share your seed phrase, and next thing you know, they share their seed phrase. Not because they're stupid, but because it's done, you know, it's, it's socially engineered, like the scammers make you, give you this very good reason to share it, and they don't give you time, they give you pressure, so you, you, your ability to reason goes away for a while, and, and then that's when you lose your money. So uh, I think the safest approach is try not to attract the normies at the beginning. By normies, I mean the normal people, those who are not in crypto, because they're going to get hurt no matter what. There's no way to save them. And if they get hurt, they won't come back for a long time. So first of all, survive, which means you don't get you know, scammed. It's really easy to get scammed. I just gave you a few ideas uh, on top of my mind, but many, many new ones and old ones upgraded to Web3 will pop up. And um, yeah, people will get hurt. Try yourself not to get hurt and use the time before Web3 goes mainstream in travel to learn all the basics. And if you are on the building side, always remember there's scammers waiting for the next mega scam, maybe even using your, your idea, your protocol to, to scam people. So let's not forget about that. This is something which cannot be removed from crypto because it's decentralized. It's going to be a huge problem. So we need to take it seriously from the beginning. All right, this is the end of today's episode. I really hope you enjoyed it. For more insights on Web3, follow me on Twitter at TripLuca, T-R-I-P-L-U-C-A, and see you next time.